0: media are completely conditioned by the existence of so-called nature earth energies minerals etc etc but media technologies are instrumental backbone for mapping visualization modeling simulation etc etc of the thing we call the earth having said that i'm constantly asking myself the healthy question is this even media studies anymore
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Strelka Institute podcast. This episode opens up a series of talks by the Terraforming faculty, Strelka's postgraduate research program directed by Benjamin Bratton. The Terraforming is a three-year initiative with each program cycle running for five months and hosting a group of 30 interdisciplinary researchers in Moscow. Application period for the spring of 2021 is now open. Go to the terraforming.strelka.com for more information on the program and apply by November ten. Now let's proceed to the talk by Uzi Parika, a media theorist and author of Geology of Media, who argues that this discipline should account for the scales beyond human perception and offer a vision beyond human capabilities.
0: So the term of geology of media is, is really a term that might sound awkward to a lot of media studies people, but it does sound also awkward to a lot of geologists, and as such, is a weird sort of a hybrid term. That speaks to the material contexts of contemporary media technologies. Some of it emerges from work in, in a field called media archaeology, but at the same time, it radicalizes the notions of time um, that are needed to understand what contemporary media technologies are as material formations. So, on the one hand, it's pretty straightforward. Media technologies, media technologies are made of minerals, they're made of metals, they're made of synthetic. Uh, materials of multiple sorts, they are quite concretely, um, as such, geological. But also it implies that as geological, they have these multiple other sorts of temporalities and durations packed in them as well. In other words, um, a concrete example would be electronic waste as a sort of an example of what happens to media after it's not anymore more um, used or useful. It is discarded, abandoned, and often left as a toxic residue that um, flows into landscapes and becomes, as I said, electronic waste. Mm -hmm. So I was interested in the question of how do we deal with this notion or this sort of a reality of electronic waste and abandoned technological culture with media theoretical tools? How does it need to? sort of a feedback to the ways in which we do media theory and think about media theoretical notions of time as well. So there's a lot there that sort of speaks to quite directly into contemporary context of materiality, but also environmental issues that has been at the heart of my work for a long time. But it already implies this key idea that geology of media is not just that we recount the fact that there's rare earth minerals, there's energy systems, fossil fuel systems that are the backbone of contemporary media culture. But it implies switching our scale of reference and it implies switching our scale of both spatial and temporal reference. And that is the sort of like perhaps a longer term project that I'm interested in continuously as well. So in other words, um, we deal with geologies of media and geophysics of media. Uh, And yet, at the same time, it's not merely about rocks. It's definitely not merely about rocks or stones or geological formations, but it's in that framework of epistemologies um, and sometimes aesthetics, even art projects, where we sort of try to understand what is geology of media. So in geology of media, the book, but also broadly speaking, As part of the discussions here at Srelka, but also in some of my other work, perhaps one way um, to understand the link would be through the concept of media natures, written as one. That is a hat tip to Donna Haraway's nature cultures notion. So um, Haraway's and many other material feminists um, working in science studies and other fields. um, The notion was important to understand the continuums across Um, nature and culture in order to not repeat and reproduce the troubling binaries that are also sort of a thing that we try to get rid of here as part of terraforming. For me, Media Natures was an attempt to respond to this with specifically media technological connection between so-called media and so-called nature. And it sounds a bit simplistic, but I think it's effective as a catalyst of thinking. Um, Media are, as mentioned, completely um, conditioned by the existence of so-called nature in other words in other words um, earth energies minerals etc etc but um, media technologies are instrumental backbone for mapping visualization modeling simulation etc etc of the thing we call the earth so the forms of visualization of planetary entities, whether we're dealing with it as a holistic entity or from the soil level to other sorts, is completely embedded in media technologies. So you can see what kind of feedback loop between this media as material and media as it is informative and informative of the epistemology or the knowledge about the earth as such is very tight, the link is very tight. And that's the sort of a thing why I kind of think that this question of the planetary is completely, of course, a media project, again, something that resonates with a lot of other work. It's not only me, it's um, Jennifer Gabris's wonderful work, again, has been going in this direction, working on on the notion of the planet and becoming environmental of the planet becoming technological of our understanding of the planet and multiple other people as well. My term for my seminar, a natural history of logistics, is indeed a speculative, somewhat fake, or perhaps we can call it synthetic proposal to develop approaches that are complex enough, inventive enough, but also material enough to deal with the fact that logistics works in and across material landscapes, even if it often tries to pitch its work as frictionless. And those material landscapes and materials are themselves already inventing forms of quote-unquote logistics. We're trying to come up with proposals for terms for this pseudo-synthetic discipline um, that would try to deal with this interfacing between um, natural formations that are Forms of automation, or at the backbones of contemporary of historical logistic systems, and that way trying to also look at the points of friction between logistics and material landscapes, uh, materials as such as well. Some of the examples that I gave as prompts to our research groups here included quite often mentioned, and quite you know historians of science would notice this, and many others, trade winds and currents as the backbone of particular seascape expeditions across historical times, including in terms of having a relation to colonialism as well, right? And mapping those um, trade winds and currents as instrumental for transport. Forms of emergence of um, soil sciences, including Russian soil sciences in in the Tsar times of 19th century. And how in those contexts, Ideas about soil as a resource and much more emerged and how that relates to contemporary work that's been coined as um, soil as bio-infrastructure. And many other examples, including from discussions of metabolism, um, circulation, um, optimization, that are read back and forth between so-called natural and so-called technological or artificial systems. It's all artificial, of course, in certain ways. I guess we started as a speculative design brief of sorts, but speculative design that doesn't really speculate on possible future scenarios of this and that or whatnot, but in the spirit of that, invents a discipline. So we're doing it by way of creating a glossary of terms and glossary of projects and Based on the discussion so far, we have really exciting ones. Some of them deal with the magnetic poles and their relation to navigation systems. Some of them deal with soil. Some of them deal with seabed mining. So there's a lot of there that is not ignorant also of the multiple complex histories of these materials and sites, uh, while also inventively trying to see what sort of a dynamics do these material sites and materials have and the sort of like things we call logistics. It's also a continuation of a lot of work in um, science studies. So science studies was, of course, instrumental in giving us excellent tools of how to read, understand, critically expose and analyze infrastructures and logistics. And so we use this one notion from Susan Lee Starr, the idea of infrastructural inversion. How do we invert the sort of a seemingly often transparent infrastructural and logistical systems and start reading them the other way around? In other words, in this case, we're inverting these notions of logistics by reading them through as said matter material landscapes, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. I think keyword word here is again the ways in which um, logistical industries try to market themselves, pitch themselves as this frictionless space of laws that with its own of course military and economic implications, it adapts certain naturalized um, metaphors but at the same time is not merely metaphorical in any way. It's, it's an actual system of circulation of matter energy. But at the same time we need to move beyond from the naturalization of thinking of it as only, only as a metabolism into the sort of a ways in which exactly it rearranges material landscapes by way of its own action. So logistics is not only implied, it doesn't only imply matter as its condition of existence, but it's also a rearrangement, a sort of a like, um, I think as Benjamin Bratton puts it in the booklet that leads into terraforming, we need to deal with how these systems are not only read systems, but also read and write systems that are rearranging landscapes whether it's um, delivery of sand or delivery of other materials, et cetera, et cetera. So it's that sort of a like relation to, of course, as as said, and it's been part of new normal in certain ways and it's been part of other discussions um, in other ways as well that we're dealing with these infrastructures of extended urbanism that keeps on popping up as a key theme, of course, at Strelka, And that's sort of a, like the same body of discussions that I've sort of tried to contribute towards as well from my perspective, which is a media theory plus a bit of history of science, a bit of cultural history, and a bit of analysis of contemporary technologies into the mix. I think that a lot of the things we're dealing with, whether we're dealing with contemporary politics or media culture, contemporary politics of planetary scale systems, implies that we need to be able to shift scales of reference to understand exactly the fact that they are large scale systems and they are not just large scale systems of north, south, east, west, but the interlocking patterns and dynamics. Um, of course, our colleagues in post colonial studies, in feminist studies, and many other sorts of fields have also dealt with this exactly the same problem of how do we understand planetary, large scale interlocking mechanisms of whether it's exploitation or other forms of violence, but also other forms of of systems, in a way that is sufficiently complex. And I'm trying to do this from the point of view of media theory. And as such, the idea that we're dealing with sort of a geological time becomes a vehicle through which we start to unfold these large-scale processes as well. And sometimes they zoom in on concrete technological infrastructures or sites or objects even. And sometimes they zoom out in order to see that there's um, multiple levels of abstractions that are at play as well. So it's this sort of a play of concreteness and abstractions that we need to get at when we're dealing with whether it's data cultures, whether it's cultures of technological infrastructures, or whether it's it's these cultures of uh, multiple levels of socioeconomic realities that are part of it as well. This sounds awfully generic, or let's say it sounds very holistic um, in the sense that it's trying to do a bit of everything. But I guess it's trying to find these vectors through these multiple fields um, and show how they might be interlocked at times as well and indeed a key point is that it's always multiple it's always many there's always multiple timescales involved also in these determinations of global politics geopolitics um, and how they are related not merely work of ideologies but um, sort of material operations of resource distributions um, etc etc as well Um, as such i don't claim that this is all new Uh, But I sort of try to figure it out in which ways this synthetic perspective is useful uh, for a range of things. Having said that, I'm constantly asking myself the healthy question, is this even media studies anymore? Um, Which I sort of sometimes have to pose myself, especially when I'm presenting these things in a media studies context. But um, for instance, in this context at Strelka, it's more relieving because I don't have to pretend that it's only, by definition, only media. It is really this sort of a long tail of interconnections between uh, multiple spatial, temporal, uh, technological, social, architectural, urban, and non urban systems. So the idea of deep time implies an important shift. The idea that we look at deep times of media technology through, for instance, minerals and fossil fuels and a different timescale of what some people want to call politics emerges. I mean, it is political in that sense. Um, It's just that it's done by way of mineralization processes and resource distributions and whatnot. But I think as important, and again, responding in a way to a lot of themes we discuss at Strelka, it is also very much embedded in the notion of polytemporality. Multiple temporalities packed into um, complex entities. Um, a simple example is sometimes best to understand complex things. And I often use this one. It's um, the French philosopher Michel Serre, who talks about um, also polytemporalities of technological objects. This was an interview um, years ago with Bruno Latour. So Serre's example is the car automobile, which is sort of a broad, uh, broadly speaking, outlines as a condensation of multiple technologies. The wheel itself is an ancient technology. Some of the principles of electronics and such might emerge gradually since from inventions since 19th century. The marketing discourse of a car is very future-oriented, often uh, futuristic of sorts as well, full of promises of, of sorts. And then we could add says list um the ways in which for instance contemporary autonomous vehicles are also bundles of time whether the time is the prediction systems of machine learning cloud-based computing of what autonomous autonomous vehicles do etc etc so this sort of like bundling in of temporalities that defines what technology is and then our methodologies of how do we unbundle them for analytical purposes is important for me as a way of Way of a methodology of looking at geological time that is actually about multiple time scales and again the same idea that i was interested in my earlier work as well is that what are the notions of time that are adequate and complex enough for our contemporary times i use the notion of slow violence um, adapted from uh, rob ne- especially rob Nixon's work which is um, fantastic work that outlines um, multiple forms of industrial accidents as part of the question of environmentalism of the poor, um, forms of violence of contemporary culture that are not merely the violence that is event-based in terms of wars and such, but the unfolding toxic violence, whether it's from um, accidents at industrial plants or other sorts as well as a way to understand the sort of a toxification of landscapes um, um, and lives from biological matter to indeed geological or let's say agricultural matter as well i think that was a really interesting way for me then to start understanding the question that i mentioned earlier as well as in terms of what is for instance, electronic waste as part of this legacy of long, um, slow violence of technological culture as well. Not merely the fact that uh, we often in media studies uh, discuss, and for good reasons, uh, forms of contemporary emergence of uh, very troubling political, um, right wing, racist, what kinds of voices in media representations, but the fact that there's a material side to a lot of media technologies that we need to account for in terms of environmental impacts and that's part of the ways in which i try to deal with it as well and i think it's a key connection here and i think that the relation to colonialism is is clear as well in terms of a bigger picture where um, a lot of contemporary forms of resource extraction and indeed and underlining the notion of extraction here when it's dealing especially with um, certain mineral mining and certain forms of other resource extraction is still reproducing the patterns of colonial um, forms of extraction that are the sort of historical underpinning factors through which a lot of the um, extraction and, and such happen on indig- indigenous lands they happen whether we're dealing with mineral or, or of um, energy extractions um, on ind- indigenous lands and in relation, in particular relation to um, 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 the global south, if we want to use those terms as well. Not ignoring the fact of, for instance, the very important and interesting debates now that we need to be looking at the Arctic North in relation to, for instance, Sámi people and various projects that relate to drilling, etc., etc., on uh, Sámi people's lands. The question of violence is indeed a question of ecological violence in the broadest sense as well. In terms of indigenous lands, in terms of um, landscapes, in terms of non-human lives as well. So that's a sort of important thing of how to, again, connect these seemingly very um, human-oriented questions of media communication technologies to the broader question of ecology. Félix Guattari, the French philosopher, was a great influence in terms of how I started thinking about this. Félix Guattari's 1980s version of three ecologies was an influential way of mobilizing earlier work of building complexity into processes of understanding um, social and psychological themes as interconnected. But building this sense of three ecologies um, of the psyche, the social, and the environmental into interlocking patterns and sort of a trying to map the particular forms and forces that are interacting there, um, relating to the contemporary, um, well, this was in the 1980s, but still relevant, contemporary forms of um, pollution, whether it's the pollution of the mind or pollution of the um, environmental sphere, but also integrated world capitalism, as he coined it, um, that we're still sort of um, dealing with in m- multiple forms, of course, whether some people want to call it neoliberalism or something else, but lots of similar processes. So anyway, from Guattari, I'm sort of interested exactly in this sort of a multiple forms of ecologies, not perhaps three, but the sort of a, like multiple, multiple forms of ecologies that we need to deal with in order to understand what sort of uh, objects of knowledge we're trying to understand and how and in which ways are we able to intervene in those processes for the sake of the thing we call politics or for the sake of thing we call design. So over the past years I've um, been in interaction with but also heard of um, several exhibitions, curated exhibitions, artistic projects that sort of immobilize these ideas. And many of them are super interesting and also finding new aspects of how to deal with these as part of perhaps the legacy of earth arts. Um, Robert Smitten um, features in my book, um, but also other sorts of examples in terms of computational earth arts that I've been dealing with um, and writing about, I mean. And I think some of the experimental approaches are helping also to broaden the frame of reference of what we call by aesthetics, from experiential aesthetics to how aesthetics is about framing territories and how the framing of territories is also part of this sort of a work that connects contemporary forms of understanding, sort of a kind of a geopolitics of sorts with the work that some successful earth arts was doing as well. It's not merely kind of at the usual business as usual creative work, but trying to think of um, the material infrastructures in which artistic work unfolds, not merely creating new art things in the world, but actually artistic methods become a way of excavating the multiple scales and multiple temporalities of the world already existing, right? So there's there's a sense in which this kind of a question of not just what kind of art things come out of it, but actually, what art methods come out of it is, to me, the interesting question. Part of this is also the reason um, why we ended up in a, uh, why I've ended up in, in collaborations with artists and designers as well. Um, there's multiple, but some often include um, work with Samir Bomik, who's a helsinki placed um, artist, architect, and designer who works also in scholarly ways. Who's dealt with energy infrastructures and material infrastructures in creative ways and trying to expand the questions of deep time in such ways. The other one is Abelard-Rachel Fournier, who also gave a guest lecture here as part of Terraforming. And the work we do together on questions of plants, vegetal life, media formations, and the ways in, ways in which um, the history of science is about biological or plant life, is already a way of framing questions of territory and surface. So we kind of dip in and out of questions of 19th century analysis of light, but outside photography and through um, research into plants. Uh, we did in and out um, work by Vladimir Vernadsky and the biosphere as planetary scale sensing system that we call plants and energy transformation that we call plants and other life. And we brought, of course, in this context, we brought them as part of terraforming discussions, but we also developing a book out of these with Abelardo. So these are sort of like, for me personally, it's been about finding interesting collaborations that also helped me to move on and further with some of the things I'm trying to do by way of concepts. But I think in some of these works, it's interesting to see what it means as a put into context of aesthetic vocabularies, but also material practices. And that's, to me, the crucial thing here as well.
1: Go to our official website, the to find out more about the program curriculum, faculty, and the research. Apply to Stratka and subscribe to the Stratka Institute podcast to stay tuned for updates.